Hey everyone, Attorney Shirley here with another episode of Fluid Truth. I'm your host, and we try to answer a simple question that really does not have a simple answer. But it is, what does equity look and feel like from varying perspectives? The content offered in this segment is personal reflection and interpretation. The views of my guests are not necessarily the views of Quinnipiac University or Fluid Truth. For clarity, this conversation has been edited. So we're in the middle of a two-part segment. If you didn't catch the first segment yet, please go back and listen. It was great. My guest today is Mr. Craig Scott. He's an actor and activist. He has such an interesting story to tell. You're really going to want to hear all of it. And this second segment, we conclude his story that he was sharing with me and really get into what he's been doing now. So he has a new project that has launched on Tubi Movies. So we jump right into the conversation. Me and Mr. Scott continuing to chop it up, having a really great Fluid Truth conversation, and you get it right here. It's imperative that we share our truth. That's what Fluid Truth is all about. So let's support him as he has put this project into the world, as he shares his truth and his story. Make sure you check it out on Tubi Movies. Can do Shakespeare. I know I'm going to get censored, so I'll just censor myself. While, while I was at Baltimore City Jail, I met a Black Native American who had been to prison before, so he was an older guy. And he gave me the best advice I had ever you know, received for someone new coming in. And he said, listen, prison is going to be what you make it. You can come here and you can learn how to be a better criminal or you can make it your university. And I chose the latter. And so for those 26 years, I, you know, I studied. And to this day, I will put my PhD on history, politics, sociology, whatever, against any <laughs> anybody from any university you want to name. You understand? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I, would tutor, I also tutored. I also worked um, helping um, people who were getting out, you know, at an earlier stage. Do uh, so. I did a lot of work in reentry, um, helping people with uh, with their um, resumes, mm-hmm. research, you know, all that sort, you know, stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I was spending, you know, all my time doing, and ducking the gangs and the, you know, prison politics and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm certain the undercurrent is trying to stay healthy, well, and alive. Right. Exactly. So, in light of your experience, mm-hmm. um, my my question is to frame this. And you've given such an interesting story. I remember mm-hmm. I was talking to you before, and I'm waiting for the book. So you give oh, yeah. <laughs> such this compelling story, bringing us all the way through your mindset to actions to the why and the overarching what what you were being faced with. But now, can you frame that? And let's talk about what you saw in terms of equity. Okay. Both about what, how this impacts your feeling or your thoughts of equity, and then what you're doing now that kind of um, speak to and inform your feeling of equity and opening up this whole conversation. Speaking that you were um, incarcerated, faced with 52 years, ended up serving 26. And my question on top of that is, how do you see equity? How are you able to allow your life's experience to inform you on equity? What's your perspective right now? 
I would say this, because we started out talking about the issue of, or the question of what is radical, what is, you know, being radical. So I think that what I've learned, I think I'm more balanced now. Um, some people may still kind of consider me radical in the sense that I have, I still have a problem with both of those parties and those perspectives, liberal, conservative. Uh, I always think that there's always a third side to the coin, you know what I mean? And um, I'm, I'm more apt to, um, you know, to, to present that and to, um, to want that side to also be considered when talking about policies, talking about, you know, voting strategies and things of this sort. So when I think of equity, I think, I think of it in two ways, especially dealing with us as, as far as the uh, Black American community, internally and externally. Okay. And so um, to, to address the internal equity, I would like to see um, within our own uh, political discussions, a, a greater willingness to give ear and platform to the third perspective or different perspectives that are that need not be uh, uh, so easily boxed as conservative mm -hmm. or liberal. And because um, I'm seeing a, a trend toward kind of almost making that taboo to do. Yeah. And, and, and so what I'm, what I'm seeing is like Malcolm's perspectives wouldn't be uh, allowed to be aired, wouldn't allow to be communicated in, in, the, in the political environment today. Uh, Huey Newton's, Fred Hampton's, uh, Asada, you know, their views, uh, uh, Angela Davis's view, their views wouldn't be um, basically kind of allowed to be even aired. And I'm talking about amongst us. So that is a, a form of internal equity that I would like to see, you know, more of. Now, externally, uh, you know, dealing with the broader community and the, you know, white power structure, you know, itself, um, I think that that has to be approached. I'm willing to approach that from a more nuanced uh, perspective. Before I was, you know, listen, you know, it's my way or no way. If you're not approaching it from a militant, uh, you know, direct conflict sort of approach, I didn't think that it was, you know, legitimate or, or, or you know, so forth. Whereas now I'm more, um, you know, a more apt to embrace all of the various, you know, perspectives. And so I think that has been my evolution. That's what have, I've learned and I've um, come to embrace with regard to the issue of, of, of equity. Um, you're allowing yourself to mm -hmm. come to that evolution, right? And yeah. what an aspect of growth that is. But I want to go back to a point that you made about the internal equity struggle and what you would want to see amongst our own community, amongst right. what that look like us, right. to be able to allow for varying viewpoints. Even on this journey that you have, this evolution journey, I'm hoping that we're all on a, a journey of evolution. Mm -hmm. Do you see us getting there? Do you see us allowing this conversation more? Are you looking through different eyes? Are you mm -hmm. embracing a different lens now? Do you see that happening? I, th I think I see it. Um, okay, let me say this: where where I don't see it is in the mainstream uh, um, 
mainstream black media, mainstream, uh, uh, you know, blogs and, and YouTube. And that, that's where I don't see it. Uh, whereas where you get into more your grassroots um, platforms, yeah, you know, you'll, you know, you'll get a, 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 a better variety of political perspectives, um, even just uh, differences in ideas about political tactics of, you know, voting decisions and things of this sort. So, um, so I see it in that, you know, in that aspect, the, um, you know, your grassroots uh, platforms and media, they are much more open to having more diverse discussions and, and diverse ideas. The problem is you, 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 we are really having a problem seeing that in the mainstream, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and that's, that has to, frankly, that has to stop because we're, we're being disingenuous in, on these mainstream platforms if we're trying to say, oh, we want to have an open discussion or we want to have a, 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 you know, a, a broad look at this particular issue. But from from Jump Street, we're not going to talk about this and we're not going to, you know, come on, we can't, you know, we can't keep, you know, pushing that. And that's a perfect segue to what I want us to talk about next. And thank you for kind of sharing your thoughts on equity, because this is my platform I like to use for discussions of equity amongst various people with various lenses. But to go back to what you said, you're talking about mainstream media and the media narrative. And you definitely had your hand in that as of late. So tell me about what you're trying to do to impact that mainstream media and that narrative. Right. Well, at, well. Remember, I talked about the play that I wrote. It was one act play back in the '90s. So now, what we're doing is, I'm trying to bring it up to, you know, bring it up to date, and um, I'm utilizing the title of that play for a new movie that uh, I just uh, produced. I was I acted in it, directed it, and co-produced. Uh, like I said, it's by the same title. Can a nigga do Shakespeare? It's currently streaming on Tubi, thanks to uh, Dame Dash Studios. And I gotta give uh, Dame Dash a major shout out because, you know, he gave us a chance. You know, we're not, we're not famous, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think he understood the importance of having a film that was going to bring a different perspective. Wow. And it was going to be different from what's usually on uh, Tubi and usually produced by Dame Dash's uh, studio. So, uh, you know, I've got to I've got to thank him for that. And in that uh, movie, once again, I'm challenging those same stereotypes about um, certain people from certain communities not being able to perform elevated texts, i.e. Shakespeare. Also challenging this whole idea that, you know, the word nigga is synonymous with uh, being black. And that's the reason why I use that, you know, that strong, uh, that strong title. But I'm also chronicling my life i'm talking about that evolution i'm talking about um you know the struggle with bu and the struggle with you know poverty growing up and poverty again in the university and 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 my um you know a, a radical approach uh, you know to it so um so the film addresses all of that in a docudrama uh setting so it's primarily like an interview slash Shakespearean theater acting, you know what I mean? And because I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm paralleling a lot of things that I experienced or saw growing up in the inner city of Baltimore that Shakespeare 
writes about. So I, I, I try to use that platform to also show just the, the common humanness and humanity that is expressed in Shakespeare and just in living, you know, life. So, um, you know, that the film is trying to do a whole lot of things at one time. You know, so. But as it was, that yeah. makes it entertaining watching, right? Yeah, um, right. I find it so interesting that you, you're able to draw this parallel between Shakespeare, which we consider to be a certain time, and right. kind of dated, and mainstream yeah. 1980s, 1990s Baltimore, even up to, you know, some of the struggles of present inner city so right. i love that parallel right there right. and see that right. in for, for the viewer to kind of take what they want and uh kind of think on it and run it yeah. through their own processing systems right to be able to exactly. when you draw from that i love that right. yeah. so the title's <laughs> abrasive right that's <laughs> what it's supposed to be <laughs> the face. that's my by my radicalism as an artist and like i just can't you know it's it you know rarely are you going to see me do the you know the safe thing artistically you know what i mean and that's i think it's kind of always been you know that's just how how, how i've been as an artist and uh there's no point in stopping now, <laughs> no point in stopping now. You, you are who you are you present art yeah. the way you do do you feel right. that you have the freedom to even name your piece in your production the way that you did do you feel that you have the um the support or do you not care <laughs> i say that just a little bit of both <laughs> <laughs> um now once again and because this is why i had like i said i had to give a lot of thanks to dame dash studios because uh you know when we presented the film and they were you know we were in a negotiation about it you know, that, that's the first thing I asked them was like, listen, y'all got a problem with the title. And they were like, no, you know what I mean? This, you know, it is what it is, you know what I mean? So then to go to Tubi and Tubi, you know, basically embraced it. Of course, they, you know, they edited it. They used the uh, asterisk marks and all of that sort of thing. But, you know, they, you know, they still, uh, you know, allowed it. Although they gave us a, um, a TVMA uh, rating. Oh, because of the when there's no there's no violence in the movie. There's uh, hardly any profanity. Definitely no nudity. You know what I mean? But the title. You know what I mean? Okay. So you know, so you take the good. You know, the good with the bad. Now we have run into some um, some resistance as far as um, trying to get interviews on once again mainstream news uh, platforms, and you know, basically telling us, ah, you know, we don't really want to you know touch that or whatever. But for the most part, um, you know, people, even people who don't necessarily, um, you know, agree with the use of it, they definitely support our right to do it. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, so we've, you know, we've, we've been getting a lot of love, a lot of support and some, you know, some, some resistance, of course, but that part of me that says, you know, I don't really care, <laughs> you know what I mean? Overrides that. So, um, so like I said, it's a, it's a little combination of both. Yeah. Definitely. I'm so glad to know that your art, that you are at this point in your life where you can embrace your art mm -hmm. and that you're able to have those platforms that you can present it. And exactly. I think it's really all a part of the equity conversation for me. Are there platforms where your story is just as valuable as, you know, someone else's story who is um, situated differently? Exactly. And is exactly. it as much attention and the same opportunities to share. So I'm really excited about that for you yeah 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 what are you hoping to do with um now that you have your 
film, your production and play right now. What what's the next step for you? What are you hoping to Well, actually the next the next step is promotion. Cuz I mean, it's on Tubi, but you know, who knows about. <laughs> so, you know, platforms like yourself, you know, are helping us, you know, uh, do that. But um uh you know, we you know, we you know, we're working on we've got a billboard up on in uh in the city of Atlanta. We actually went through some things about the word about that too. But, you know, they they allowed it to, you know, to some degree. So and and um, we've done some in, in, interviews on other platforms as well. So um, you know, I just got you know I gotta raise some hell. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm gonna be out this weekend, you know, staring up some some stuff. Yeah, I gotta do what I do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's all legal. It's all legal. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So you have the production. You're in the process of promotion right now. Right. Is there? I, I know this was near and dear to your heart the youth mm -hmm. and their ability to have access to this type of art form do you have any thought process on being able to touch the youth in the future yeah well listen um because like i said when i was uh when i was in prison that was primarily one of the things that i was doing outside of my own self-development did a lot of mentoring uh tutoring you know things you know things of that sort and um outside of the historical and political education that the film will uh, produce, um, you know, uh, financially, you know, once the film becomes successful, I'll be able to now be in, in, in position to kind of duplicate that same thing in the High Point Greensboro area in which I'm living now. Because, you know, it's needed all over, but you kind of got to start where you are. You know what I mean? So, um, so that's you know that's that's something that we are you know we're planning to do because we're already talking to some people who are in that space and you know when like I said when we're financially able we can partnership with them in order to kind of you know, enhance what they're you know what they're doing. So we're definitely you know we're definitely looking forward to that. There's so much going on, so much great stuff going on in your in your world right now. I'm excited yeah, right. about it for you. And when did you leave prison? May. May 13th, 2020. I'm not good with dates. I'm terrible with birth dates and all, but that date there, I will always remember. That one and the day that I got locked up. Yeah. Those two dates I'll always remember. Yeah. So interestingly enough, you had been released only for a couple of years and you're already making this stir. It's kind of like the way that I envision it is that you were prepping. You were getting yourself geared up. Am I right? I don't want to. Uh, no, no. I mean, now, I will correct one thing because I've got to give uh, you know credit. There was a um, high school friend of mine who, um, like, uh, in the last like five years of my uh, incarceration, she reached out to me and she became a, like a, a major supporter and, and help. And she posed that question to me. Um, she's like, you know, what are you going to do when you get out? I was so focused on getting out you know, legal actions and filing and, you know, all that sort of stuff that I really didn't even think about that. Really. Mm -hmm. And I told her that. I said, you know what, honestly, I've just been focused on on getting out that I didn't really have in my mind, you know, what exactly I would do. And she, like I said, she went to school with me in high school at the School for the Arts. She was a dancer. And she said something to me. She said, listen, I, to this day, remember your performances, uh, you know, in high school. And they were just so profound and all that. 
And so when she said that, I was like, wow, like I didn't really grasp just how, um, you know, important that talent and that skill was. And so she said that she was like, I would like to see you, you know, get back into that. And when she said that, it just gave me the direction and the focus and, and boom, here I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is yeah. also testament and testimony to our community and yeah. our circle. So big yeah. shout out to your community and your circle. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. But so I think I'm going to put a pause here because I could just keep on asking you questions and drilling that. <laughs> and deep. I am a chatter and I want to know all about your life. But yeah, I'm going to put a pause and, and I would love for us to come back together um, definitely, and have definitely. a follow-up conversation. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, once the film gets to popping, you know, on the, you know, biggest, biggest scale, I would love to come back to your, you know, to the That's platform great. and help, you know, bring some more attention to, you know, yeah, to what you're doing. Because what you are doing is very, very important. Anything dealing with justice and equity is always, um, you know, because interestingly enough, and I, I, uh, I'm going to try to say this as quick as possible. Martin Luther King, uh, the unfortunate incident where the children were uh, killed in the uh, church bomb. He was asked, um, who did he blame for that? And surprisingly, he didn't say the Ku Klux Klan and white racists and all that sort of thing. He put a lot of blame on the professional Negro class. And he blamed them because he wow. said they keep putting economics before justice. Wow. And yeah, and 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 we can't, we can just can't keep doing it because this is what you're gonna end up with. So you working in that space of equity and justice is absolutely important. Uh, MLK understood the importance of it. Malcolm understood the importance of it, and they represent those two, you know, extreme, uh, you know, positions. So, you know, what you're doing is is, is profound. Yeah. Thank so, you. if I can help bring any kind of attention to it, listen, I'm I'm there with you. I appreciate it, and yeah. I believe that the elders are proud of us for moving forward. So, yeah, um, this is a process for all of us. So, I really, really appreciate you, Craig, and yeah. I'm excited to see where this goes because I know it's going to big. Places and yeah, big place, big and illumination. Place. I know it's headed to illumination. <laughs> Your people, they can follow me on my Instagram. D A N D S. You know what that stands for? Can a nigga do Shakespeare? I G. A N D S with some underscores in between. Yeah. And follow Craig because I'm about to follow you right now, Craig. So Man, thank you so much. Tabs on you, my. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, keep your eye on me. We're about to do some wild stuff. I love it. So glad to have you. I appreciate you bearing with me for the technical challenges. Man, please, I'm we, here. We have to have this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. All right. Peace. Thanks for listening in today. Special thanks to our executive producer, David DeRoche, and the amazing team at Quinnipiac University. Music is provided by Audio Hero from their Jazz Lounge album. You can connect with this show on Instagram at Fluid Truth. That's F-L-U-I-D-T-R-U-T-H. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at QU Podcasts. If you have a story to share or something you want to talk about, find us on social media or shoot us an email. The address is qupodcast at qu.edu. All right, that's it for today. 
Till next time.